Hey there, Mike Stelzner coming to you with a fascinating update you might not be familiar with. Did you know that Social Media Examiner can deliver all the marketing, training, news, and trends, insights that you need into your inbox three days a week when you sign up for our newsletter and it's completely free? Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates and take your marketing to the next level. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am extremely excited about today's show. As a matter of fact, mark my words, you're going to want to listen to this more than once. We're going to explore how to grow a huge organic following on Facebook using techniques that you've likely never heard of before. I know that I've never heard of them. I'll be joined by Holly Homer of kidsactivitiesblog.com. And we're going to explore how she went from 7,000 fans to more than 530,000 fans on her Facebook page in only eight months without using advertising and without crazy gimmicks. Trust me when I say that this interview could literally transform the way that you use Facebook. Before we get into the interview, let me share a new discovery with you. After untangling a school of anacondas, look what Michael Stelzner found. You know you like to take selfies. And even if you don't take selfies, you know you take a lot of pictures, probably with your smartphone. And those of you iPhone people out there, I've got a really cool tip for you. First of all, did you know, I did not know this, did you know that you can use the volume control on the side of your phone to actually um, have it be like the button on top of a camera so you don't have to reach your finger around and touch the little red circle or whatever color the thing is to take a picture. You can just click either one of the volume controls and boom, it'll take a picture. That's the first tip. But the second tip is really cool. Did you also know that your headset cord that comes with your iPhone that has the little volume control thing on it can hang off of your phone, kind of like an old-fashioned camera, and you can have your hand below the picture and click the volume control on the cord and take a picture of you. This is really awesome for selfies where you don't want an arm kind of outreached and you want it to look natural. And of course, you're going to have an arm outreached, but you don't want to have an arm outreached with your thumb kind of reaching around trying to, you know, reach the darn phone and have it be at a weird angle. With this cord hanging down, you can take killer pictures. Now, I learned this from my good friend, Mari Smith, and I want to give her a hat tip. We were at a conference together and she plugged her cord in and did it. And I was like totally blown away. As a matter of fact, I will make sure that the picture that, um, was taken between her with her and I and her doing this is in the show notes. But I think it's really cool. And if you think about the applications of this, what if you put your phone on a tripod of some sort or some sort of device and you want to record yourself, maybe even a video? I don't know if it works for video, but I know that you could you could do some really cool shots inside your office and you could just use the cord, frame yourself in the picture, let the cord run all the way down on your lap and take killer portraits of yourself. And you don't have to hire a photographer or anything because you can see it. I mean, I'm sure there's a million other applications for this, but I'll call this the iPhone selfie tips 
uh, addition, if you will. And I hope you try it and I hope you find it really cool because I was totally blown away. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Okay, with that, let's transition over to today's interview that I'm confident will literally change your business. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. I'm very excited to be joined today by Holly Homer. If you don't know who Holly is, she's the owner of kidsactivitiesblog.com and co-author of the brand new book, 101 Kids Activities. Her blog is a huge treasure chest of amazing kids and family activities. And I discovered her on my other show when I recently interviewed her on the Parenting Adventures podcast. But the reason why I'm bringing her on to this podcast is because she has an amazing Facebook page with more than 500,000 fans. Holly, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. I love hearing that. 500,000 fans. <laughs> well, at the time of this recording, it's 530,000, which is hard to believe. And here's what we're going to do today. Holly and I are going to explore how she quickly grew a huge following. This this Facebook page is only about nine months old, which is completely shocking, I'm sure, to you. And it was to me when I found out. And it drives serious amounts of traffic to her blog and other websites as well. So, Holly... Um, Let's start with your story, you know, kind of bring me back to when you started this thing back in October of uh, 2013, kind of where were you at then and what were your thoughts back then when you decided to open up this Facebook page? So we had, um, we had a Facebook page for several years, you know, just like everybody else. And um, we were sitting, you know, and by, you know, blog terms and we are, you know, as far as our size and stuff, we had a successful page. But it wasn't doing anything. It wasn't driving any traffic. We were, sit- we were sitting between ten and 13,000 fans for probably 18 months. And um, we had had some growth prior to that. And, um, and it just was dead. You know, we were, you know, sending the RSS feed over there and nobody was seeing anything or clicking through or doing anything. And um, so in October, um, it, it was actually two different things happened. Um, my blogging partner, Rachel, um, who's also the co-author of the book, she um, she just gets crazy ideas someday. <laughs> I love her, about her. You know what? I love and, crazy um, ideas. That Social Media Examiner was a crazy idea. So those things are, often should be explored, shouldn't they? Yes. And so I always like nod and smile and say, what do you need kind of thing. And so her idea was that um, she came to me in October, early October, and she said, let's get 50,000 Facebook fans by Christmas because the book's coming out, you know, Mm -hmm. in the spring. And maybe if we had 50,000 Facebook fans, you know, that'd be really cool. And I'm like, okay, Rachel, whatever you say, you know, what do we want to do? And so, um, she started, you know, um, posting a little bit more and going over there and working with it. And then about a week later, I was at, um, bloggy boot camp in Dallas and heard, um, Fawn who wrote, who runs happy wives club, um, Facebook page, um, speak. And she had a Facebook page at that time that had 250,000 fans on it. And that just, that just blew my mind. And so I picked her brain a little bit and listened to everything she had to say and then went home and copied what, what she did. 
um, which failed miserably <laughs> within three days. <laughs> and it made me realize that um, this Facebook thing is really dependent on your fans. <laughs> so we, um, and I figured, um, I said, you know, I thought, well, me, you know, Happy Wives Club has, you know, a bigger demographic because they're, you know, their wives are people that are in happy relationships or they want their relationships to be happy. And I was like, maybe the, maybe our demographic isn't big enough. And then um, I had a really strange thing happened, um, which if you've been in the blogging world, it's not that strange, but it's kind of unfortunate that one of these huge Facebook pages that just steals content and doesn't give any link backs or credit to what, um, what, where the content came from started stealing my stuff. Mm. And, um, and it was the stuff from Kids Activities blog. And this stuff was going viral on their page. Um, you know, like they would post a picture from one of our blog posts and then like the Play-Doh recipe or whatever in the description with no credit, you know, cropping out my, um, my um, watermark. And it would get 7,000, 8,000, 9,000 shares. And it, but, and it, but it would still link back to your site, right? Or no? No, no. I was getting no credit. No oh, credit interesting. Yeah, oh, so, so, so wait a minute. So hold on. Let me pause you for a second. Yeah. So what appeared to be a very unfortunate circumstance actually led to something very fortunate, didn't it? It did because I realized that my content could be viral. And until that point, you know, and Facebook had never proven to me that I could go viral and so that gave, like, that unfortunate, you know, um, incident, which she still does it. I still, I report her page at least once a month for stealing my crap. <laughs> so, but um, she, like, she showed us that we didn't, you know, what we had was special and that it did have the potential, like, people on Facebook liked it. Mm. Okay, so up to this point, um, just to summarize, your partner, your business partner said, okay, let's try to grow this Facebook page because we've got a book coming out, which is the one that just recently came out. And you said, okay. And you guys tried some stuff and you tried to copy a little bit of what you saw other people doing, but it just wasn't working for you. And then along the way, you discovered someone sharing some of the images from your blog posts that you had created, but they weren't sharing the little watermark in the image that had your brand on it. And along the, the way, you realized, huh, there's something here. So what did you do with that? How did that translate to what you're doing or what you started doing on your Facebook page? So, you know, that those stolen images really made us go back to our blog and find our, you know, top 50 posts or, you know, the top, the things that we're doing really well on other social media, like Pinterest and, and we, we get a fair amount of, well, a lot of Pinterest traffic. So that was a pretty easy, um, research for us is just to go in and look at what things were being shared the most on social media. And so those were the only things we were sharing initially on our Facebook page were things that had a possibility of going viral. And at that point, we were really sharing, um, we were only sharing a few times a day. And so we were sharing mostly our stuff because that's what we knew. And, um, and then as our page started to grow, we realized that, um, Hey, you know, like, um, we could help other people, you know, like, so we started finding other really cool content, um, to share as well and just started fitting that in. And, um, 
Rachel and I are both completely obsessed with analytics and the Facebook insights is completely addictive. (laughs) So we would post and then like watch the analytics and then, you know, whatever Facebook liked, we did again, whatever Facebook didn't like, we didn't do again. And that's kind of where we've arrived. So let's talk about what you mean, what they liked you did again. Does that mean you repeated the exact same thing or you followed the style that you were doing again? Or what does that, what does that mean? Yeah, so it really helped me develop a style um, for the formatting. Um, so I'm always I'm a huge Google Plus fan, and um, and that Google Plus had really been my home over the last year and a half, and so I really loved how Google lets you format, you know, the description with bold and italics and that kind of stuff. And Facebook doesn't have that, and everything on Facebook was really ugly. So we I started following like what I had learned worked on Google Plus over at Facebook. So if you look on my Facebook page, all the the first you know, it's like I start with a bold title and I do it in all caps and then I double space and put the link and then I double space and put a chatty little introduction to the post and then the picture. And those are things that we learned um, by just watching the analytics. Yeah. Let me just read an example of one. Uh, The headline is 12 genius Lego, Lego table hacks, 12 genius Lego table hacks. I'm sure some parents are like, oh, I got to see that. (laughs) And then it's got the URL to your blog post on it. And then after the URL, it says need a building place at home. Here are a dozen ways to create a homemade Lego table. And then you've got a really big image that kind of looks like a Pinterest kind of image with a bunch of little pictures inside of it. And then it says 12 Lego table hacks. And that has been posted two hours ago and it's already been shared 204 times. Um, and it's already got like 20 or 30 comments. So this is the style that you're talking about, right? And it looks like the more I look through here, the more I see, generally speaking, that's, that's what seems to work for you. And it took you, that's what I do. (laughs) It's so basic, isn't it? Right. I mean, there's nothing super crazy to this. Um, yeah. And let me step back and mention that the, the, the photo is square, um, because if you look on mobile, um, Facebook or even on desktop Facebook, they favor a square or, um, landscape type image. Right. Very interesting. So, so said another way, when you are uploading a picture to Facebook, um, you know, and, and in this, this particular case that we're talking about, you are uploading the picture. You're not letting Facebook necessarily just auto populate the text and the graphic. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. So let's, right. let's step back for a second. Let's, 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 let's talk about your, your current strategy. So walk me through at a very high level, because, you know, we've kind of introduced how you got started and what you learned about the way. Now let's talk about what is your strategy today that you're employing on the Quirky Mama uh, Facebook page. And by the way, if anybody's listening and wants to check it out, it's facebook.com slash quirky, Q U. I-R-K-Y, Mama, and we'll have the link in the show notes. So talk to me about what is the strategy today? So um, watching these insights, um, you know, one of the things, there's, actually there's two things that are really important to your Facebook page. Number one is you're talking about number. Um, your talking about number is basically, in my opinion, <laughs> I don't know that I've read this anywhere, but in my opinion is how um, Facebook evaluates 
the health of your page. So if you have a high talking about percentage, like if, so if you're talking about number is a good percentage of your total fan base, then um, Facebook looks at you as a viral maker. And if you have a low talking about number, um, you have a, you, no matter how many fans you have, um, it doesn't matter. It's that talking about you could actually have a better page with smaller amount of fans, but higher interaction. You would actually get more exposure from that page than having a million fans, but no one talking about you. And so that um, was real one quick. of our first things. Yeah, real quick. Yes. Do you know how to get to that number? Because I know that Facebook has hidden it with the new update. Is it, it what? Yes. How do you find that number? You actually click on the likes. So if you go to someone else's page and you click on where it says their likes, it will take you to a graph now. It's actually you get more information about that page than before even. Oh, okay. Interesting. I did not know that. So if you click on any page's likes, um, mm -hmm. you've got 530,000 likes. And when I click on it, you're talking about this number is 360,000, which is crazy high. Wow. Crazy high. It's crazy yeah. high. Okay, good. So so the first thing is we've got to get people talking about us, right? So that's right. that's the high level thing that's important to understand. So so let's elaborate. What else is part of the strategy? How do we go about doing that? So to get people talking about you, you have to have people talking about you. I know that sounds crazy. <laughs> 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 so you need you need comments, you need likes, and you need shares, um, and all those things add up to people talking about you. And what's cool about a share is it is in effect a tag. So like when people then talk, you know, comment on that share. From what I can tell, that's also feeding into your talking about number. So the easiest way to get your talking about number high is to have a controversial viral post. <laughs> huh. Give us an example of one that you've done. Um, I'm trying to, okay. And let me step back and say, um, what, like we are as controversial as toast, you know, like we're just talking about kids activities, but thanks to Facebook, we seem to rile people up like crazy. Um, because we might post something that would have artificial food coloring in it. And then we get, you know, 150 people screaming at us for artificial food coloring, or we might say something, you know, about, um, bottle feeding. And then of course all the breastfeeding people come out and want to, you know, so it's really funny. You think, oh, we're not controversial, but then you get on Facebook and you realize that you're crazy controversial. And so you, you have to take the feelings like, out of it because like people are mean and just really realize that every single comment you get on a post gives you more exposure to that post. Well, it's interesting because, um, uh, the underlying psychological, you know, stuff of being controversial is it draws people to, to engage. Right. And, mm -hmm. and when you, when you draw people to engage, well, then they're, uh, that's going to help your talking about number. Now right. I, I'm looking at the last 24 hours and I see a couple of your posts that have been shared. Like one was shared 9,000 times and it's, um, 10 things children will always remember. And the other one, um, was shared, I don't know, 5,000 times and it's 12 preschool science projects. Now these aren't necessarily controversial, right? Right. So you don't, it sounds like you just, you don't have to be controversial, but if you do it every once in a while, that might spur some crazy, I mean, do you get, right? how, how do you judge the success of something being controversial, I guess? So, um, you know, like 
I think at first we were really scared of controversy until we realized that, like, because at first you have a tendency, like, if somebody would go in and say something kind of crazy, you would go in and delete the comment. Mm. Because, you know, you're like, oh, I don't want that on my page. But then you realize that Facebook is a place where people just let it splat. Um, and it's really, un, you know, ugly sometimes. And we do go in and we do delete and we do ban people for really crazy, crazy stuff. But, um, but if you give your, um, if your fans a voice, they are going to use it. And um, that's what we have learned is, you know, even though that, I would never go on someone's Facebook page and say some of the things that they do. That's not, but my fans do. So like, why take that away from them? So it's kind of funny. Like, yeah, you, you want to use controversy to your, um, to your benefit and do it consciously. Like, I don't want my page like a hotbed of controversy every single day, but when our talking about numbers go low or what, or if we see, or Facebook makes a algorithm change, which it seems to be doing every about three weeks right now, um, you know, throwing a little controversy on the page can really spark the ability to reach your own fans. Okay, now let's step back at a high level and keep talking about the strategy here because I think there's a lot more to your strategy than just being controversial because I don't see so much of <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, no. <laughs> so what are some of the other parts of your strategy? So then um, one of the things I really look at on the um, insights is uh, post um, the exposure numbers. And I think the exposure numbers is the most important thing when you look at that. And if you go into insights, they have these beautiful, you know, colorful bar graphs as far as how many of your fans or even further saw a post. And, um, And I really like... In fact, I have an entire um, hour-long YouTube video on Facebook math because diving into how Facebook comes about deciding how many of your fans or beyond gets to see something I think is really at the root of success. And so one of the things I do is I look at the exposure number and then try to work it backwards, you know, as, and find several posts that have that same exposure number, but figure out how they got to it in different ways. So maybe like like one example is just a crazy example um, from a few um, weeks ago. Is I had a post that um, that was actually one, something I wrote that we shared, and it got less than ten shares on my page. Which, if you look at my page, that's insane. And um, normally you'd say, that's a failure, like let's go and delete that post. But when you went in and dug a little deeper, and this is what you as a fan can't see, but I can see in my insights, is that post actually had an exposure to nearly 200,000 people. Now, how in the world did that post get to be seen by 200,000 people when it was only shared less than 10 times? Well, the key to that one was that people clicked through. And every single action on a post on Facebook, Facebook gives you a little bit of Facebook karma. Mm. So like whether it's a like or a comment or a share or a, a click on the link, all those things add up. So that particular post, even though it wasn't shared, and it had a few, it had a, you know, a reasonable amount of comments. For so you, that but you would have never known social. if you didn't look at the insights, right? No, like if somebody coming to my page to share something, for instance, would have said, oh, I would never share that because it's a failure. But actually, it was one of the more popular things that day. Interesting. Now, 
Earlier, you mentioned about a video that you put together on YouTube. Um, is that if, is that publicly available, and is that something we might be able to um, reference in our show notes? Yes. In fact, um, my YouTube channel has tons and tons of Facebook stuff on it, just okay. because a lot of people have asked me recently. Cool. So maybe afterwards, you can give me that link, and I can tell people where to find that link in our show notes, and they can check it out. Um, Perfect. Another part of your... Let's talk a little bit about... Um, the types of things that you are posting, because you have different kinds of posts that you post pretty frequently. So talk to me a little bit about that. So our main, um, obviously our main core is to drive traffic to Kids Activities Blog. Kids Activities Blog is um, all about, you know, easy things to do with your kids. um, And a lot of it has a learning slant. So um, our primary goal on our page is to share amazing things to do with your kids. But we post a lot. Like if you notice, we probably post, I think we're up to probably 26 times a day. Wow. Um, we're on the clock, so, right? Pretty much almost yeah, every hour. Yeah, we're on the clock. We're now on a 24-hour Facebook strategy. <laughs> now, real quick, was- real quick aside, are you just using Facebook to schedule the tweets? Yes. I mean, yes. And absolutely, that's one of the most important things is do not use a third-party um, scheduler. Right. Facebook likes Facebook. And, and is it easy now to, um, uh, I guess it's easy. I don't, I have people on my team that do all this stuff, yeah. but it's, it's easy to make all the visuals and all that stuff. And it shows you how it's all going to look. So you have no issues with it. Right. Like in the olden days, I think it was kind of quirky, but now it's just as yeah. good as if you did it live. Right. I mean, you can tell exactly how it's going to look. Right. Yes. To a certain extent it's, it's, I mean, you know, I think there's third party apps that are out there that are easier to use and more user savvy, but, um, but you know, it's not bad. It's definitely something that, um, and it's pretty easy. So it's something that even if you don't have a lot of experience, it's pretty easy to, to wrangle. Okay. So you're posting a little more than once an hour and what Mm -hmm. kinds of things, what are the variances of the types of content that you're posting? So what I usually just, um, you know, and I re- actually don't, haven't even really talked about this, but what we usually do is go in and p- set up a framework each day of core um, kids' activities posts. So um, we might go in and, um, you know, we put in our new stuff first or what's coming up, and we publish um, two to four times a day. So we have some new stuff to add in. And let me step back and say not everything we publish goes on Facebook because um, we're only putting things on Facebook that we think will do well on Facebook. Ooh, that's a key point right there. You know, we're only putting things on Facebook that we think will do well on Facebook. So you're publishing two to four blog posts a day, but you're not necessarily making sure that every one of those blog posts makes it on Facebook because you kind of know your audience on Facebook and you know what is and what's not going to work. That's what I hear you saying. Yeah. Don't set yourself up to fail. I mean, like that would just be silly. Like, why would you put something over there that is that Facebook's going to show to nobody that just wastes a space? Good point. Um, um, so so I, I set up a framework and then um, depending on kind of what topics, you know, made it, made that cut, you know, go back to the archives, um, find some of the more popular things that are on Facebook, you know, things that have been um, popular on Facebook in the past. Um, and I usually wait maybe three, three weeks between posts, um, sometimes less than that. But um, I try to be, I try to be conscious of the fact that some of our fans do, do watch the page really closely. Um, so like, so once I have kind of our new posts and our old posts in that framework is then I go out and find things that that day lacks. 
So, um, you know, if we didn't hit the preschool crowd with something, then I'll go out and find a really nice preschool post. Or if, I, if we didn't hit, you know, a really fun craft, you know, let's go find a really fun craft. And so, you know, kind of those core things that we publish all the time. And it really comes down, if you're looking, this is the surefire way to, to know what to share on your Facebook page, is if you come across a post and you say, crap, I wish I'd written that that's something that's going to do well on your Facebook page. Now, you um, if you're publishing like 26 times a day, um, are almost all of those posts um, links to your article? Is there a ratio? Like, for example, how many of those posts are to yours versus other people's posts? Yeah, we share probably about a third ours and two-thirds other people. Very interesting. Um, so you post more of other, peop- other people's stuff than your own stuff. And the you, you do more than just post links. You also ask questions every now and again. Can you kind of elaborate on what the strategy is there? Yeah, that that's another thing that happened by accident. Um, we were asking like when we were growing the page, we were asking, you know, th- those questions that, you know, what are you having for dinner? And, you know, that kind of stuff that like we were making up and they, it was falling flat. <laughs> you know, nobody wants to tell me what they're making for dinner. I don't even know what I'm making for dinner. So um, people started like, like direct messaging the page questions. And, um, you know, like, you know, my daughter's three and not potty trained. What should I do? You know, that kind of stuff. And so, you know, we were like, hey, let's just put these up and see what happens. And it went crazy. We now have so many questions that we ask them three times a day and we're scheduled out nearly three weeks in advance for questions. Now, this is really intriguing because instead of answering the questions, you let the audience answer the question, right? So Yes, we let our readers answer the questions. And that's what, like, that's, you know, it gets crazy in there some days. Like you don't necessarily want to walk in without protection. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. And, and how many questions do you, do you have a day just out of curiosity? Is it like one a day? And we do three a day now. Now, how do you decide like when, when are the, you must know that there are certain times of the day that are better than other times of the day for your audience. Like, how do you gauge that? I mean, how do you decide where to put your best stuff? So that's kind of a trial and error, and that's something that every page is going to be a little bit different because I could tell you, oh, you should do this at 10 a.m., and and then you'd be like, no, that really works better at 3 for me. Um, And it it really is a time zone thing and a cultural thing because you have to remember when you're at a 24-hour Facebook strategy, you're reaching the rest of the world. Um, And so you know, your nighttime audience is a very different audience than your daytime audience. So um, it's – I mean, it's just – you, it's kind of play by ear and, you know, Facebook gives you that really pretty graph on how many people are at, um, are on your page, you know, are online at any given time. Um, and I've found it to be completely useless Interesting. Um, because you, you know, Facebook doesn't show like you don't post something and then everybody online at that moment sees it. Facebook, you know, parcels it out slowly over hours and you know over the last some of the new algorithm changes over the last few um, months has been to slow down that you know kind of seeding so that like yeah I might post something at 10 p.m. when like is the peak time for like the moms just put their kids to bed and are online on Facebook 
And, but you know, the thing is, is most of that growth of that post isn't going to happen for several hours. So it really, you know, to a certain extent, it doesn't matter when you post it. You just want those first few minutes of a post is really important. So you, you know, if nobody interacts with that post, the first few minutes, it will fall flat and just die. So so that's the only thing. Gotcha. Yeah. Now, have you ever paid or promoted any posts or has this been 100% organic? This has been 100% organic. I did play with, um, I think I've played with about a hundred bucks back in December, um, you know, boosting posts just, um, because I, you know, I had a theory right. that, um, and, and let me tell you, if you're going to boost a post, this is what I learned is you want to find something that's already performing really well on your page gotcha. and boost that because you're going to get some organic benefit that you don't have to pay for. Now, um, how do you know after you post something, if it's successful, because it sounds like you really pay attention to insights and you're constantly studying what works and what doesn't. Is it like, do you have a minimum metric that you're looking at like X number of shares or X number of comments? What's your advice to others who are going to maybe experiment with this? How do they know? How should they gauge success of a post so they have models for their future stuff? So what I would do someone who's starting out is I would, I would tell them, I want you to create the page that you want. Like I want you to, to forget about, you're not going to look at insights for two weeks. What you're going to do for the next two weeks is create like the best Facebook page you can, you know, go back through your archives, pull out your best and brightest, share your, you know, the best stuff you find online. And just, just for two weeks, do that without any, any care in the world. Like that's just going to be a fun little project for two weeks. And then you're going to go in after that two weeks and look at your insights for that two weeks and see what was working and what wasn't and kind of get a baseline of what your average post should, how they should perform. And so that is where you're going to go forward with is you're going to, you know, kind of mimic those posts that did well. Like, let's say, you know, you did an organization post in an afternoon situation and it, that was their best performer. Well, try, go find another organization post and try it in the afternoon again and see if you can recreate that. And then things that fail miserably. Um, I used to say in the first 15 minutes, go ahead and delete it. But like I said, Facebook has changed over the last few months where it's a really slow growth. And there's been several instances when I've hopped on our page and I'm like, oh, my God, that went nowhere. And then I come back three hours later and it's going crazy. I mean, it's just it didn't hit the right audience yet. And because it's a slow growth right now is you have to give things, you know, several hours now instead of several minutes. Give me some perspective of. Um, uh, you track all these metrics. So you kind of know this, let's say your post, once the strategy is in place and it's obviously working well for you, um, what kind of traffic can you drive to your blog with a single post on average, just to give people some perspective of how this is really working for your business? Yeah. Um, I mean like an, let, let's say like, uh, an average post, um, like maybe a printable set that I have that we just you know, pop up on the Facebook page, you know, maybe like the mazes from this morning, um, probably from Facebook alone would get between three and 5,000 hits. Wow. Um, but like, if it's something really like, you know, really popular, I mean, we, 
I know it sounds crazy, but we regularly crash sites because Facebook traffic is quick and just massive bolus of traffic. It's not like Pinterest where you get a little bit, you know, throughout the day and then that pin lives on and on forever and you might continue to get, you know, 10, 15 hits a day from that one pin that's really popular. Facebook, it's like you get this bolus of traffic in the first 24 hours and then nothing. (laughs) Except the fact that, let me say, I've never seen this ever in social media before, but Facebook fans will pin things. So like you get like a bolus of Facebook traffic and then you get some Pinterest aftermath because um, they're all on Pinterest too. Yeah, um, and they're looking to share successful things with their audience, right? Yeah. So it's funny, you never see somebody from Pinterest come over and share it on Facebook, but uh, like if you see something that I post on my Facebook page and then run over to my Pinterest source code on Pinterest, you would see that post just popped up over and over and over again um, of people pinning it. Now, you... This works and you keep increasing frequency, it seems, right? So, so um, you know, where, where were you a couple months ago? Were you doing 26 a day or were you doing 12 a day and you just started ratcheting it up and seeing that it works? What's your... Right. Yeah, we started with, you know, we started with two a day because that's what Happy Wives Club did and sh- they still do and it's very successful. Um, and then just based on our, like, this is all based on our metrics, you know, what's working for our audience, um, you know, so we we'd say, oh, well, let's try an extra post this week. You know, so let's do, you know, eight this week. And then the next week, well, let's do nine. That went well. You know, we're still growing. No, you know, you know, we watch the unlikes and all that kind of stuff, the different dynamics. But, and let me, you know, step back um, a little bit because you have to remember that Facebook is not showing 100% of my posts to 100% of my fans. Good point. So, yeah, even though it looks like, oh my gosh, she's posting 26 times a day, probably my average fan is only seeing three to four of those. That's a very um, good point because it's not like it used to be where most fans saw most of the content. Unless they go to your page and right. actually look at all your posts, they're not going to necessarily see um, everything. And and that that's very good wisdom. It's almost like Twitter now, right? You know how you yeah. have to re- be frequent on Twitter because not everybody sees it because there's so much in the stream. Yeah, and I, you know, we really pattern some of this after Pinterest. You know, like I said, a lot of our fans are on Pinterest as well, and they don't seem to mind having just a barrage of beautiful photos coming at them. And that's the key. Like, if you're sharing crap, yes, people are not going to like it. But if you're sharing high quality stuff that's within your niche, then why wouldn't your fans want a little bit more of that? Let's talk um, about the. And- yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say one other thing is we do get, um, you know, people that message the page oh, daily saying, you post too much. Um, stop posting. <laughs> um, and we have, a lo- we have a really cute little graphic that shows them how to unlike the page um, and say, you know, we're, we, you know, we totally understand we do post a lot. You know, it, this may not be for you. You know, we'll, we, we, we won't take it personally, but we'll miss you kind of thing. And, and that's what, that's how we deal with that because, um, we can't let one or two fans a day derail the success. Absolutely. And that's a key point I want everyone to listen to right now is you can never satisfy everyone all the time. We email, we email 260,000 people every single day. How many people do you think respond back upset? A lot. (laughs) (laughs) Is that going to stop us? Heck no. 
you know? Um, and, you know, I mean, because that's part of our strategy is to be in front of our audience all the time. Now, I want to harken back to images because a key part of what you're doing is you are you have very nice images, very big in every single post. Are you creating images when they're not there? So remember earlier you said if we don't have it, we find some place that has it. Are you taking one of their images and putting it into your post? Or in some cases, are you actually creating an image to go along with the post, knowing that if you create the image, it will increase the virality of the image? I'm just curious what you're doing there. I actually have done that, yes. Um, the and, and the good news is, is most bloggers in my space are, are, are on Pinterest. So they're very savvy with images. So it's a lot easier now than it would have been a year or two ago to find posts with beautiful images. Um, so that's number one. But there has been several situations where, um, you know, like, you know, the, we know that the post will do well, but the image does not you know, does not do the post justice. And yeah, it's the all ones, about the image. Yeah. The ones that are in the blog post. So, so in those cases, yeah. it's worth going out there and licensing an image and creating a, a cool mm-hmm. little something with pick monkey or something to ensure yeah. that this thing goes viral and you're doing a service for the blog post and you're doing a service for your Facebook page, right? Yeah. And that's the, that's the beautiful thing about this is, is I love, um, sending, you know, sending my friends and colleagues, um, traffic and, on the other hand, it's it's a win win because it's increasing the exposure of my pa- you know of my page because it's doing well on my page. Now I notice you do not use a lot of video. As a matter of fact, I can't see any. Um, was that a strategic choice? I'm just curious. No, it's actually some. That's kind of the next phase of our life um, on Facebook because we have done a few videos, and every single video that we've done on our page has gone crazy. But it's not YouTube video, and it's not other video. It's it's Facebook loaded video. Facebook lights itself. So when you use Facebook to load your video and promote your video, you'll get way more exposure on that than any other type of post. Now, are you sharing other? Other, but at this point, you're not even sharing other people's funny videos, right? Um, if it's uploaded to if it's uploaded to Facebook, um, I will share it from their page, and that's and let's go back to that because this is really really important in a growing strategy. Is um, when you're growing your Facebook page and you want to increase the exposure of your posts, one of the strategies to do that is to find a page. Um, that has a better talking about percentage than you do. So like if you are at a 10% talking about percentage and you share from my page or somebody else's page that has a higher percentage of talking about numbers, Facebook um, gives you some of that karma from that page. So, And I'm talking about sharing that post to your page wall. So that when, like if you went over and shared that um, Lego table um, hacks post onto your page, you would actually get more exposure than if you had gone to my blog, grabbed the photo and formatted it exactly the way I did and shared it on your page. Because I'm sharing from an already popular page, right? Right. Something to that. Very intriguing. And that's the same thing with tagging. Like you can always tag a, a page that has a better talking about number than you do, but never, ever, ever tag a page that has a lower talking about number or do it and test it out, but it will just kill the post immediately. Intriguing. Well, <laughs> Holly, I know we've just barely scratched the surface and a lot of people are saying right now, don't end this interview. <laughs> but we've got to the point where I've gone a little long. So um, first of all, 
Um, thank you so much for sharing your insights um, with us. I know that we're going to be experimenting with on this on both of our <laughs> Facebook pages for sure. Um, and I know a lot of people are going to want to check out your blog. They're going to want to check out you. They're going to want to check out your brand new book if they have kids called 101 Kids Activities. Let's start with, you know, at a high level, where do you want to send people and then where can they find your book? Yeah, kidsactivitiesblog.com is is kind of my blogging home. And um, if you search Holly Homer on YouTube, you'll find my channel and um, or, you know, on Google Plus as well. And then Quirky Mama is our page on Facebook that we've been talking about. Um, And then a lot of my a lot of I run um, business to blogger um, business with the number two blogger, which has um, a lot of my um, kind of blogging and um, social media advice in the blog there. Business and and then the number two and then blogger.com? Yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then your book, 101 Kids Activities, I can find on Amazon and I'm sure bookstores all over the place, right? Yeah, it's in, it's in bookstores all over the place and of course online. So um, yeah, it's really fun if you have kids at home. Hand it to them and they won't be bored. Yep. And if you do have kids, be sure to check out the uh, Parenting Adventures podcast where I interview Holly. And you can find that at parentingadventures.com slash podcast, all about fun things to do with your kids. And we'll cross-reference that into the show notes. Holly Homer, um, amazing woman who's doing really, really cool things on Facebook. Thank you so much for inspiring tens of thousands of people. I'm sure this is going to lead to some really interesting dialogue. I really appreciate you sharing your insight today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. See, what did I tell you? Was that awesome or what? Now, I know there was a lot of stuff that we mentioned in today's interview, and if you missed any of it, don't forget, we take the notes for you. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 103. You can also go there to leave questions, and myself or Holly can answer them. Also, be sure never to miss a future episode of this podcast by subscribing to the show in whatever player that you're using. And by the way, if you've not already done so and you've been a regular listener to the show, I would love it if you would consider giving us a rating and or a review socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes or socialmediaexaminer.com slash Stitcher are two places you can do that. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back next week with you to celebrate our two-year anniversary of the podcast. Woohoo! I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Be sure to check out Michael's other podcast, Parenting Adventures. Dad, I'm bored. Heard this before? If so, you're not alone. Grab a torch and join us for Parenting Adventures as we bring fun back to the family. Visit ParentingAdventures.com. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.